0: When you pick up your phone and call your friends, or your family, or a client, you're making a connection. When you open up your favorite messaging app, or check your feed to see what everyone else is up to, you experience a sensation which maybe feels good, or maybe it doesn't. But these emotional responses are a byproduct of the apps you use, and the way that they make you feel. But behind these apps are lines and lines of code, written by computer programmers who can write in multiple computer languages and they develop the front-end displays that you become so familiar with that you see sometimes every day and even multiple times a day. Today my guest is Sigourney Juno, also known as Siggy. She is a software engineer at Voyager, working in the Voice Tribe. Siggy has the uncanny ability to see the logic in almost everything. Not just lines of code, but real tangible things like coffee machines and even drones. She is able to pull something apart, figure out what it does, or or what it should do, and put it all together in a way that is practical for someone to use. Despite being buried under machinery parts or lines of code, she very clearly understands the need that customers have. As we'll find out, the job is not without its challenges, but every day, Siggy does what few others can do. And today, I find out her story. I wanted to start off with really just a day in the life uh, of a developer. Give us an insight into uh, what a day in your life looks like.
1: So normally in the morning, I come into work and then I like check my teams and make, I'll I'll check my messenger and make sure that there's nothing really important that I need to deal with before the first meeting of the day and then we have what's called a stand-up which is where all the sort of development focused people in our tribe like the scrum master, engineers, sometimes product donor and all the developers and if there's any testers in that too we all have a meeting where we um just go around and basically say what we did yesterday what we're going to do today and we talk about any problems we may have and then we arrange meetings to happen after the stand-up to address those problems with specific people after the meeting I have a Normally, continue on with the task I was doing the previous day, or I'll like I'll take a um, task off the board if it be a defect or a feature, or if I'm not sure, I'll talk to my um, Logan, my um, Scrum Master, or John, the architect, and I'll ask them what is the highest priority because more often than not, it's not the thing that's at the top of the log.
0: Right. And you might be dealing with quite a few tasks or quite a few uh, work items, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I often have to pause halfway through something and drop something because something's happened somewhere else in the company or there's an issue that needs dealing with right away. You always have to re what's the highest priority because it's constantly changing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with a specific task, I normally um, after checking the requirements with the appropriate people, I write the code, write any testing that's appropriate, and then I'll uh, recruit another software developer, either from my tribe or from another tribe. I often try to get developers from other tribes so that more people are aware of the work that's happening around.
0: And 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 why is that? mm? Uh, Sorry to stop you. Why would you want that? Why would you want other members from other tribes to be aware of what's going on?
1: Um, So that we don't end up with silos between tribes where there's like a set of, say if there's a project and I'm the only person that knows anything about it, that's probably a bad thing because I could get hit by a bus and, that did actually happen once. So.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> Are you really? My God, what what happened there?
1: Yes. Uh, about eight years ago, I was tour biking um, in rural area outside of Christchurch, yeah. coming from towards the Southern Alps. In the middle of the night, and a bus knocked me out from behind at eighty k's.
0: Oh my I, God!
1: I broke so many bones that they decided not to bother checking if I had broken any more.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: So it was like a month, I think a month in hospital and then six months getting better. But but everything's fine now. I just have some metal in places.
0: I'm glad to hear everything's (laughs) fine. But but you're exactly right. So you don't want
1: developers to get hit by a bus. So it's important to make sure other people know what you work on and how you fix it.
0: So then, you you involve other members from the other developers from other tribes, um, yep. with the work. Tell me then, um, as you're writing the code, you, you mentioned also testing. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about the importance of testing, or or is it important, and what what does that entail?
1: Yeah, it's it's very important. Um, well, because you know, if you put it out, depending on the system, it may affect a lot of. It may just affect people in the office or it may affect, like, customers. And I I work with voice and I often work with the infrastructure that supports that stuff. So
0: so especially when it's
1: something we know will affect customers, a lot of testing goes into it. And, yeah, when we have different steps of environments. Like, we have a testing environment then we have staging environments and then we... Only then would we go to production and we have to pick an appropriate time. Like, depending on the system, that time maybe be, a, say, a Saturday when less people are likely to be using the thing that will be upgraded. Right. And
0: so it's got the least impact.
1: Yeah. The time when there's the least impact. Right. And when we know people are available to make sure it's still working.
0: And so... Uh, tell me what um, you know what are some of the best practices that you've found um, when you're writing code I mean I know nothing about you know yeah. code or programming but what what would you say is you know some of what you try and um, achieve and strive for when you're writing code
1: yeah. um, most of all normally trying to make sure things are clear you can make something really fancy but if you'd come back in a few weeks and you can't remember what it did, it's not very helpful to anybody and then it's going to be worse for someone else. So I like to put in comments and if I'm not sure of the approach I've taken to something, I'll ask another developer, I'll give them the details of the problem and then I'll ask them, how would you fix this? Do you think this is good? What would you change? Oh, and comments.
0: Right. So comments you have that. Around. So it feels like it's a very collaborative process.
1: Yeah. Once it gets complicated, it is. You know, if it's simple, I mean, not, not necessarily much point. But once it goes beyond something relatively basic, then it's definitely important to have other people across it, because what seems clear to me doesn't necessarily seem clear to someone else and the same with other people what seems clear to them doesn't necessarily seem clear to me
0: exactly so, and, and how easy is it to slip into something that can become very complicated
1: you know, above a point where you have to stop and think about what you're doing <laughs> a developer would understand I joke if you have if you go from one if you have more than two loops inside each other, then you probably need to start asking questions because that may be the right thing to do. Often there's ways around it that would make the code clearer and that's where it's important or worse, free loops. And at that point you really need to talk to another developer and say am I doing this well or is there a way you think we could make this simpler? And there often is.
0: Right. So so the more loops, the more potentially the more complicated yep. it can
1: become. Yeah, for example. Or there's things like we have a thing called if statements, which is do this or that. If you have many of those
0: mm.
1: and your code, each one of those normally comes with an indent, so the code gets one more tab away from the side of the page. There's also a good measure. Once once you've got a few levels deep in the actual visual look of the code I mean you know it's probably something needs to change
0: so from a complete layman uh here over here uh, that's me what uh, mm-hmm. computer languages do you uh, do you write in
1: um too many um <laughs> well in work I am often using um PHP um C sharp uh in the front end, we use JavaScript. We have some old projects that run Node, different things in my own time. Hmm. Uh, for example, I've never really used PHP in my own time. Um, I like to work with um, C and C++ and embedded systems development. Now, uh, recently, I'll, I've been working on a website for just for myself. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, and that's been with C Sharp and with a JavaScript front end.
0: Yeah. And so what kind of things do you like to do when you're just working on your own personal projects?
1: Uh, there has to be something interesting that I actually want to do. I don't normally code just for the sake of coding. Like, it has to be interesting.
0: Mm. So what, what like, kind of... I mean, I I know from your... Your avatar—you uh, have a big purple pony.
1: <laughs>
0: Tell me about that. What, are you? I mean, your love of ponies, I guess.
1: I don't know. Both of my favorite animal.
0: Hmm.
1: I admit, I've never—I basically never watched My Little Pony. No. I can't deal with it.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait! <laughs> <laughs> you have so many ponies. But you don't, you can't deal with watching My Little Pony.
1: Well, it's like they have narratives where they're basically teaching children values. Mm. And it's cringy. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. And I, I just can't deal with it. I mean, I've watched some, maybe I've watched one or two episodes, but often it devolves into some message of how you should be nice to other people. And you should. But. It just gets cringy,
0: but you definitely love the uh, the animal, the, the the pony.
1: But yeah, yeah. but also the f- the, there's a bit cows of fantasy in those there too. Cows, <laughs> yeah, well they're cute. But yeah, so I have a big collection of like horse figurines and like My Little Ponies. I was at one point I was buying them from Hong Kong because in Hong Kong they have more different types. Hmm. And which is your
0: favourite type, if you had to choose one?
1: Uh, I don't know, I've never actually thought about that. (laughs) Well, I obviously like the purple one, that's my picture.
0: (laughs) So I want to talk about something else that you you kind of have an interest in, and that seems to be fixing stuff. Maybe more specifically, I've seen you fix some uh, coffee machines. Uh, maybe tell me about at what, what sort of got you into that. Are you into the electronic side of it or the, the yeah. you know?
1: I, I guess I, I just find it interesting, like, figuring out how things work. And I enjoy taking, yeah, basically taking things apart and fixing them. Yeah, so taking apart something like a coffee machine, if you just take it apart, you're never going to put it back together. I basically take like 30 or 40 photos of every single step and you basically document where every single screw came from and label everything. And often inside those machines, all the wires are the same colour, even though if you put the wrong ones in the wrong place, it probably will blow up. Um, and have,
0: have, you, have you found that out the hard way?
1: Not with electricity. Once I accidentally connected some steam hoses and an espresso machine in reverse. But obviously there's safe ways to test these things which involve being not near them. Hmm. And nothing bad happened. When I turned the switch and what I didn't expect to happen happened... But specifically, nothing happened. Well, then I obviously cut the power. Right. And from a safe distance, turned the valve the other way, which unlocked the system, which basically made a massive roar of steam come out of the valve in a way that would have probably certainly have burnt someone if they were right next to it. But that's why norm- it's why you have to be careful working with espresso machines because hot steam is dangerous.
0: I'm interested, what what made you decide to, you know, break one open and, and have a look, you know, under the hood?
1: I basically will take apart and fix anything. Anything? Like, anything interesting. I don't know. I don't know. One day I was walking through a secondhand shop and I saw an espresso machine for $10. I don't even really like coffee that much.
0: How do you find when you're working on these you know, things, these machines or whatever it may be, because you're, you're also dealing with software in your day-to-day job, how do you balance the two or marry the two or, or does one inform the other?
1: I guess the problem-solving problem process probably informs itself, but, specific, but you're right. It takes a lot of time to rebuild an espresso machine safely while taking the appropriate measures. Like, there's a reason people throw them out and buy new machines because even if you paid someone at minimum wage, like, it's not cost effective to repair those machines at all. Um, but basically, it was over last Christmas, so I had a few weeks off and My first one, I worked on it for about five days with little sleep. Just, yeah, basically just focusing on that the whole time. And then I went back and got another one. And then another one. And by the time I came back to work, I had fixed five.
0: And what do you do with them after you fix
1: them? One of them, I sold but. Not so much sold. I definitely made didn't make money, but I did sell one to my scrum master.
0: Hmm.
1: He got a very good deal one tenth the original price. <laughs> so.
0: Wow, that is a yeah. good deal. These machines, yeah. there. I think that the, the products they're coming out with uh, now they're so closed. And once it stops working, you're right. It's more cost effective to buy a whole mm-hmm. new one than to fix it. So do you? This is a uh, passion project i guess you're more yeah. excited about pulling it apart understanding it problem solving it, and, and putting it back together than you are trying to turn a profit
1: you wouldn't you wouldn't become rich fixing espresso machines
0: hmm. you mentioned hmm. just before the we started taping that you had but you had uh, drone you found on the side of the road <laughs> can you tell me can you tell me about that
1: yeah yeah so I like to pick up things just off the side of a road when people put them, like, in a free bin. That includes things like coffee machines, toaster ovens, all sorts of stuff. A few months ago, on my way home from work, I found a drone. Not, a, not a, like, an expensive one. Well, I think it was, like, $80 off AliExpress. But... So I got it, took it home, took it apart didn't find anything wrong with it put it back together found out that it works not very well it's very hard to control and after about 15 seconds it just loses it and one of its roaches goes full bore and it just cartwheels and smacks into the ground (laughs) so i obviously brought it to work to fly (laughs) around the office
0: of course
1: yeah you know, give people's hair a bit of a haircut when they're not expecting it. It's
0: and maybe <laughs> and freak some people out.
1: Yeah, but basically, you're just flying around the office when I'm when I'm not working. Obviously, yeah. You know, when you're meant to be working, you're meant to be working. But there's always Friday afternoons, <laughs>
0: drone Fridays. What, what What do you find that really works well? Um, you know, working within the tribe
1: yeah so i like so my tribe is the voice tribe so we support voyages voice um infrastructure the reason i like working in the tribe is like before tribes i would only ever work with developers really but mm. now with tribes every day like Uh, Obviously, I'm my Scrum Master, but I work really closely with um, John, who is the voice architect and the team of voice engineers we have. I work closely with him. And I think, in a way, it's like we are... The tribe is almost like a family. (laughs) Mm, That's nice. Like, we we have in-jokes, which won't be recited here, but... <laughs> you know, what
0: stays in the tribe? What, what, stays, yeah, what in the tribe stays
1: in the tribe? What happens in the stand up stays in the stand up. No. <laughs> but yeah. But no, I think it's good because, you know, often when you're trying to get someone outside of a tribe, depending, they might want you to wait, say, two weeks or longer to get something from them. Mm. But in the tribe, you know, everybody has the same objective. And right. so if you need help with something, unless it's critical, people can generally stop what they're doing and help you. And the same, like, in a day I'll be working on one of my tasks, one of a few different bits of code I'm working on, and, you know, like when you contacted me to ask me to do an interview, though you're not in the tribe, so... You know, I almost didn't respond. I'm no, just kidding. I'm so um,
0: glad you did, though.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, they would just send me a message and, you know, like, hello. And I will be like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you really. just
0: anticipate that question coming, yeah, don't yeah. you?
1: Yeah, You get the hello. It's uh, yeah. almost like you can see the dot, dot, dot on the end <laughs> of it. But it's fine because... You know, they come to people come to you when you have a problem and you help them with the problem. And when I have a problem, obviously I can send them hello whatever. <laughs> it's always nice when someone tells you what they want in the first sentence though. <laughs> but like to be fair, I don't actually get angry with people for just sending hello because they'll send hello and I'll send them a what do you want GIF. And they will send me a something GIF. And then eventually Val. Uh well, depending on how important it is that won't happen but yeah it is good to help collaborate with other people and i can help them solve their problems quickly and they can help me solve my problems quickly and if we need to we can pull multiple people into one meeting or we'll have a video call
0: given that sense of collaboration working um within the tribe with other members like engineers that, you know, outside of the uh, software development team. How do you see the future of development given where we are today?
1: The future will definitely be interesting. We are in the process of moving away from kind of like, I guess what you would call sort of like legacy, well every company has legacy things but more recently there's been more of a sort of like drawing a line in the sand and kind of like this is the way things were, the legacy systems and then we have where we want to be which is um, for example changing technologies from PHP to um, the Microsoft world c net That's something that's currently happening. I mean, it doesn't happen terribly fast because you can't just, uh, you know, you still have to support your customers. So you can't just make that shift and drop everything because we don't have infinite people and we don't have infinite time. So, exactly. like, you know, a lot of my time has been supporting the older systems and making sure that the customers get what they need now and then there's still time that's spent on the stuff that we know they're going to want but they may not know they want it yet you know, a like the future people want new things but more than new things they want the things they have to work so no, no one wants a new car well okay that's not a good thing if you have any, if your car's broken you want a new car but like I guess maybe if someone's car's broken they want a new car they don't want a rocket ship the rocket ship <laughs> may be the future sure. but they don't care they need their car fixed or fixing versus a new car people may hmm. not want a new car they want the car they have to work that sort of thing And in the future, when we have something really good that we've been working on while doing that balancing, then that's really good for the customer because suddenly they have something that they didn't necessarily know was coming but might, how do you say, revolutionize how the way they do something. And then everyone's very happy.
0: Mm. Just to wrap up here, if there was anyone out there listening who wanted to get into becoming a developer and start programming themselves, what advice would you have for them?
1: Ooh, complicated question, because different people like different things I'd tell them that you know you can, you can start small it doesn't like you know, you don't have to start big or want to do like something massive I think the first code I ever wrote, I think I was probably 13 or 14, and I wrote it on a piece of paper because I didn't own a computer. And we found a book at a junk shop that told you how to code. And probably for the first year, yeah, I was just (laughs) writing code on paper. It wasn't until I found out that I could run it on my dad's work computer that i actually got to run my code and find out none of it worked but it's a long it's a learning process but you have to make sure you're doing things that interest you and that are fun because if it's not fun and not interesting well there's really no point in doing it so exactly yeah starting small and working up
0: Siggy, thank you so much. I've had a lot of fun with you today Mm -hmm. on the uh, podcast, and I really appreciate you
1: being here. It was nice talking to you.
0: That's it for another episode in our Agile series. The Growth Podcast is a production from Voyager Internet. The show was produced, edited, and mixed by me. Transcription by Josh Yates. Special thanks to my guest, Siggy. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, follow us on your podcast app. We release new episodes weekly. If you want to see Siggy's work, just talk to our sales team for a demo of any of our voice products. Siggy has helped to develop some really cool apps that will probably leave you hooked. If you'd rather get an incredible deal on a refurbished coffee machine from Siggy, just drop us a line at podcasts at voyager.nz. Until next time, peace.